Hi, and welcome to Zurich's Perspectives, Zurich Canada's podcast, where we deliver market insights and thought leadership. Today is our 11th podcast. Sectors of the economy have been impacted differently by what's happened in the last 15 months. The growth is now uneven across industries. Some are rebounding faster than others. One pillar of the Canadian economy is the construction industry. Construction employs 1.4 million people in Canada and generates about $141 billion to the economy annually, accounting for 7.5% of Canada's GDP. To help us understand how the insurance market is responding to the very unique challenges faced by companies in the construction sector, I've asked Derek Reedy to be our guest today. Derek leads the construction line of business for Zurich Canada. He has been in the role since April 2019. He has a long career running this line of business for a couple of carriers in Canada. Here's my conversation with Derek. Hi, Derek. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good, Alban. How are you doing? Good, good. It's uh, good to uh, see you, hear your voice. We're going to be back in the office soon. Derek, Construction Insurance Canada, the two are very closely tied together. So what are the challenges faced by construction companies in the market today? What's, what's going on? Let's start with this sort of high-level question here. To start off with the easy yeah, question, yeah, right? Exactly. So we'll exactly. solve the problems for everybody, right? Yeah, exactly. Right now. Um, I'd say it's, you know, construction at its nature is always changing. You know, we have different buildings, different needs, different technologies being adapted into the process. So I'd say one of the largest challenges for a lot of construction companies is just to be able to remain flexible enough to respond to any, I mean, whatever it might be, be it um, new entrants into the market, new technologies, Obviously, a pandemic threw a ranch into a couple people's operations over the past 18 months. So I'd say that's really the, you could summarize everything for the, the challenges that they're facing into that kind of broad blanket sort of statement. So, And how, how would you describe how well companies in Canada, and again, this is very general, but construction companies in the last 18 months, some some sectors, some industries have been affected obviously differently by COVID. How would you how would you say that the construction companies in general have fared in the last eighteen months, and how are they doing today? In general, I think they would have fared better than most because construction was deemed fairly early on an essential service, so we didn't see the prolonged shutdown that a lot of people had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been other problems that have been brought. I mean, part of the, also the spending where on the smaller scale construction, not necessarily the large civil or municipal sort of work, certainly, um, home renovations. I don't know if you've been around your neighborhood or anything, but it seems mm-hmm. every day there's more contractors out there and there's a lot of people who are, instead of spending money on vacations, they've been spending on their own houses. So there's been a, certainly a, a renovation boom in the mm-hmm. residential sector. Mm-hmm. And the larger sector, um, it's been more or less unchanged. Perhaps they've been less efficient due to some of the COVID restrictions and hand washing site protocols, all that sort of stuff. But they have been able to continue fairly well, I would say. Now, the we've been in a challenging insurance market, to say the least, in the last couple of years. 
and so obviously that must have sort of added a, another layer of, of complexity and challenges for, for construction companies, right? So increased premiums, the pandemic, difficult to finish projects, but yet a boom in some areas of, of, of the sector. So what's been the, the, from an insurance standpoint, now narrow down the conversation to insurance, the biggest impact to uh, construction companies, builders risk, wrap up, is there a product or a subline of business that's um, seen the brunt of increases, terms and conditions, all the stuff that may have potentially impacted the ability of some construction companies to continue their business? Sure. I would say all coverage related to projects has been the most volatile, certainly from an insurer standpoint. The results on builder's risks or COC have been problematic for a number of years now. Um, stems back to you know entrance of new capacity over the years, um, low interest in rate environment, number of insurance companies wanted to continue to grow. There's only a finite amount of new business mm-hmm. in an insurance portfolio, but construction project business would always be considered as new new. So you saw some very aggressive pricing, very aggressive markets on that sort of that class of business over the past. 10 to 15 years and it's certainly in the past eight years we've seen those the losses written on inadequate premiums coming back to haunt the market so you know the we saw lloyd's retract wholeheartedly from the space with the desal tan review and a number of domestics still we it's there's still a lot of activity on losses for projects that were written since 2015 that have not fully earned through the books. Mm -hmm. So despite we have this, I'd say fairly short-term hardening in the market as a whole, it's not quite reflective of the long-term activity from everything that's been written in Canada going back to 2008, 2010 and forward with some of the long-term projects. So that's, that would be the largest Impact, uh, I would say, is for the COC business. Certainly, ENO project ENO is a very tough class to place these days as well. Unfortunately, it's not something that is really my expertise. So, other mm-hmm. than saying it's it's tough and it's faced with a lot of the same issues that other project lines have, I can't really d- dig into the issues that are behind that one. So. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've heard a lot about um, supply chain and how disruption in supply chain has affected, again, some sectors in the economy. Uh, construction companies been subject to some of these um, um, supply chain disruptions lump- beyond just the, the price of lumber, which is at the headlines of every newspaper. But if you, if you go beyond... No, absolutely. Just, it's yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, companies that did not have a well-entrenched relationship with their suppliers and were ahead of the game in ordering their materials, they were, they were found themselves without material at points. So, and it was, it was kind of a volatile moment for a little while where it was next to impossible to get a lot of materials. You know, we're talking the home renovation space and all that Mm -hmm. Um, less so on the larger space because the contracts tend to have been, signed and delivered over a longer period just you know if you're building a 500 million dollar hospital you need to be sure where everything is coming from otherwise you've got all the you've got a real scheduling issue Mm -hmm. um and you don't want to start 
getting behind on that. So, but yeah, it was, I mean, supply chain is quite an interesting, quite a challenging piece for it. Say larger outside of supply chain um, construction companies, one of the biggest issues they face is labor. You know, we have mm-hmm. a shrinking labor market for trades and it's a constant talk by all of our parties in that all of our partners who are contractors is where's the next generation of workers coming from because we're not we need those bodies we need those skilled trades to build anything so Mm -hmm. and that's a matter of getting into engagement in the education there's a lot of support for trade schools and a number of companies engage with their local trade colleges unions etc to get that sort of movement out there with younger people and i think it's it does a lot to create loyalty so if the whoever it is that is well known and they hear that name as they're going through school it's a a great way to build some loyalty and recognition as Mm -hmm. a place where they want to work so yeah Mm -hmm. let me take you to a little bit of zurich conversation here you've been in your role a little over a year now i think you joined in april 2019 so that's over two years now. It's over two years. It's over two years. It goes um, fast. It goes fast when you're having fun. So what have you, what have you been doing? You I mean, you had priorities. Where are you with your priorities? Are you, do you think that Zurich is in the right place right now with respect to our ambitions going forward with, uh, with the construction in the Kenyan market? Yeah, I'm really happy where we are right now. We were, I mean, the goal when I, came back to Zurich was to reestablish our presence in the construction space um, while still making sure that we are being profitable. So that meant we really pivoted away from what we'd done in the past, which was focused on the project space. Uh, Not to say that we won't do that again, but it's, I see in order to play in the larger project space, you really need to have a foundation of operational business. So policies that renew, Mm-hmm. So once you have that base, you mm-hmm. can then take a broader portfolio view on some of the project business and you remove, you remove some of the volatility from yeah. the results. Right. Um, you know, it's still, it's, it's, it's a tough place because you still, um, we play with global capacity, but mm-hmm. then we're measured on results for business written in Canada and Canada is a fairly small, I mean, we are fairly small company when you talk about the overall global scheme we don't see the 20 billion dollar plus projects that you might see in asia or somewhere in europe because of the much denser populations that they have mm-hmm. so we it's, it's we have to be careful with that as we're re-emerging to make sure that we don't you know whatever we do we're doing it sensibly so that we can kind of smooth out the volatility that we've seen in the past. And so there, 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 there are few large infrastructure projects in Canada. Is that what you're saying? And because they're far and few, they tend to draw a lot of capacity. And then exactly. the competition yep. is fierce on those very few projects. Right? Yep. And you have, as I say, I'm, you know, Zurich in Canada, we're working with global capacity mm-hmm. on a fairly small market. But then again, so is, so are our competitors. Yeah, yeah. So... If you just look at, I mean, essentially, we have all the same, most of the same competitors that we see in the U.S., but the market space is a tenth the size. Sure. But if you have the same competitors competing for a tenth of the business, it's natural to see more competition. 
So, so, so what do you do and, and how do you build differentiations now for, for, for a Zurich product? And how do you, how do you carve out a niche or, you know, a place for you in, in this overcrowded market? At this point, as I say, we look to partner with a customer on their operational and then expand outwards from there where we mm-hmm. truly understand what they're doing and how their skill set differentiates their loss experience or how we can expect their loss experience will be different from, the, from others. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, that's not to say that as we go forward, we will have to have a relationship with somebody, but we will be, we will be cautious in deploying our capacity and making sure that we're comfortable on the risks that we accept. So yeah, you know, that means engaging with our risk engineers. We do have a, a dedicated construction risk engineers who brings a lot of experience from some very large projects when uh, he was on the customer side or he was on the actual active construction side. Mm. So it's, it's, it's great that we have somebody who can have those detailed conversations with our partners, with contractors, who's actually been in the boots, wearing the hard hat on the ground for these projects. He understands the, the reality of when you build something, it's great to think back what was on paper, but the reality of a construction project site is things change and the built environment, the real world environment sometimes differs from what's on paper. Mm-hmm. When, when you look at um, the various provinces and, and where we have offices and where the projects or the construction activity is across the country, do you see one province, province or one part of the country that is seeing a little bit more activity than the others? Or is that sort of a um, fairly balanced growth that we're seeing in construction right now in the country i'd say it's i mean it's fairly balanced from quebec out to the west we haven't seen quite as much business in the east maritimes etc but then without an office there mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of business which just stays out east with um, our competitors who have a local office so it's, it's it's unfortunate, but it's you know it's kind of the geography of Canada. It's a this is a very very large country, yeah. serviced by relatively few offices. So, mm-hmm. what um, so we have potentially you know this podcast goes to four thousand insurance brokers in, in the country. What would you say to the brokers who are listening to us in terms of recommendations, suggestions on how to prepare a new business submission, uh, how to make sure that you know it gets on top of the the pile, how do you differentiate good from a poor new business submission? What draws your attention? What do you put uh, on the side? Um, what draws your attention? Uh, these kind of things. How do you, how do you differentiate, your, differentiate your, your new business submission that you sent to Zurich? Any, any words of advice on that? I would say, I mean, as far as appetite, mm-hmm. we're going to be better at the more challenging projects for the time being. We're not looking at residential condos, that sort of stuff, not in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. We will support that when we have a relationship, but we will have a lot of questions because of the, there's been a lot of attritional losses on water claims for that sort of space. So that's our number one question. But um, as far as other ways to get success with Zurich, I would engage with, uh, have the brokers engage with the market as early as possible. Underwriters are very busy these days. There's lots of activity and a submission that comes in with 10 days for before shovels are in the ground, it's going to be tough for us to turn around that, especially if it's a larger project where we want to have risk engineering involved. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's certainly, you know, a copy of the contract. Uh, if you're getting into anything technical from the directional risk space, the design basis memorandum, so we understand what's being built is very helpful. Um, and then it's, you know, your geotechnical reports, your cost breakdowns, all that sort of information is very useful for us so we can really understand what risks are presented and how they're being mitigated. And that's how we're going to identify what risks are better than others. Okay. Derek, final question here, which I'd like to ask all of my guests. You're going to go back to the office. You're looking forward to going back to the office. What do you do when you're not um, working for Zurich? Any hobbies? I'd like to ask my guests, you know, what they do when they're not doing insurance and when they're doing insurance, whether they're looking forward to going back to this sort of whatever normalcy we have ahead of us. Uh, so, I mean, when I'm not doing insurance, um, there's been a lot of COVID renovations for us. <laughs> um, I you know, finally got to an office space, which needed done. And then uh, I did one of my, I did one of the bathrooms in the house. So it's it's I understand the material shortage and the problems of getting stuff in the height of a pandemic and <laughs> having to drive halfway across Toronto to find material to get something done when I ran out of something. Um, and then it's, you know, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. So you have firsthand experience as a buyer of a construction project and the insurance, the insurance premium that was, that was embedded in your, in your budget. Uh, yeah. On a, on a, on a very small scale, but yes. So um, and then outside of that, it's, you know, I've got two youngish boys, so they keep us busy around the house with lots of sports and coaching baseball and rugby and then skiing and snowboarding in the winter. So um, it's nice as we're out of the pandemic to get back into those sort of activities. So that's nice. But as far as returning to the office, um, I was never somebody who worked from home on a regular basis. I didn't, I didn't enjoy working from home. I, mm. I honestly, quite honestly, I was, it was hard, harder to focus at home unless I had something very specific that I needed to work on, you know, like a strategy paper, discussion paper, something like that. Mm -hmm. So I've, but I've come to enjoy the flexibility that we have mm -hmm. or we've discovered working from home during the pandemic. I am certainly going to be returning to the office for at least a couple days a week. Um, I do look forward to re-engaging with all of our brokers and customers in however that may be. Um, certainly face-to-face. -face. I know there's talk about what the pandemic has taught us about working virtually. And I see there's a time and a place for working virtually, but it doesn't replace the face-to-face -face meeting in person, breaking bread, whatever that is. So. Yeah. Uh, I never thought I would be looking forward to an airport again, but I think I am at this point. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Good, good. Well, Derek, thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Um, appreciate all your answers here. I think it was very informative and um, I wish you well. And I look forward to seeing you back in the office very soon. Great. Thanks, Take Alvin. Care. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. So I hope you found this podcast um, informative. I've got a couple of takeaways as far as I'm concerned. The first one is Derek's is there's no really shortage of capacity in the construction market in Canada. That is mostly because there's a lot of London money that continues to be attracted by this uh, market. There's also 
plenty of U.S. carriers that operate in Canada with, um, with lots of capacity. So on the supply side, don't see a problem. Terms and conditions, a slightly different story def- depending on whether you're talking about projects, builder's risk or wrap-ups. So it's sort of a tale of multiple cities. As far as Zurich is concerned, we've had to reshuffle the deck a little bit, change our appetite. I know that we're looking looking to build a, sort of a, a builder's risk, mostly mid-market book. And that's what we're trying to focus on. And we will, be, um, we will be looking at different projects and when they make sense and when we can actually apply some of uh, our value proposition and, and look to differentiate ourselves in the market, such as with risk engineering, we'll, uh, we'll go after these accounts. But we need to be careful in how we, uh, in how we underwrite, where we underwrite, because historically, this has not been a very profitable line of business for Zurich. So again, uh, thank you for your time. As always, you can find the podcast on the Zurich Canada website. You can also email us at uh, ca.podcast at zurich.com for ideas, suggestions, or comments. Thank you very much for your attention. I um, wish you well and look forward to uh, talking to you or speaking to you uh, rather very shortly. Thank you. Take care. was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained herein may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee the accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you. This has been a production of TNKR Media. Good talk.